0: This podcast is presented by DistroKid, an incredible service for musicians that helps you upload your songs to all music streaming platforms from iTunes to Spotify and Apple Music, then pays you revenue from your songs all in one place. They've got a really cool new feature called Splits that allows you to add collaborators so you can pay your co writers and fellow musicians without needing an accountant. To get 30% off your first year's DistroKid subscription, just head to distrokid.com/slash VIP slash hard times. <laughs> Welcome to the first ever podcast. My name is Jeremy Bolm. If this is your first time here, this is a show where I interview artists of all kinds about the first experiences in their art form that led them to where they are today. My guest this week for episode 121 is Alice Baxley. She is an incredible photographer based here in Los Angeles, credited for working with many artists, but possibly most notably with the band Fiddler, to which her brother is the singer. Her and her husband, Ryan, have worked closely on their music videos and a lot more. I met the two of them at a dinner earlier this year, and they both struck me as such awesome people. I was excited to sit down with Alice and get to know her story. So that is what we are doing here today. You might be new here, or maybe uh, you're already aware of what I'm about to say, which is that there is a bonus episode available right now if you head on over to patreon.com slash Patreon where Alice answered questions that were submitted by subscribers. That is a common thing that happens here on the podcast. Uh, Most episodes have a bonus episode. So if you want to check that out and check out all the previous bonus episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon. It helps support the show. Uh, You get access to a lot of cool stuff. There's a discord channel, bonus radio episodes, all sorts of stuff that happens over there. And Hey, happy holidays. I hope you're doing okay out there. I hope the season hasn't been too stressful for you. I hope that you're staying happy and you're healthy. I hope that, uh, I don't know, just that you're doing well. That's what I hope for. Um, So yeah, without further ado, here's my conversation with Alice Baxley. What's up, Alice? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Are you, it looks like you're in some sort of a production office.
1: Um, (laughs) yeah, I'm in my studio.
0: How long have you, uh, how long have you been had a studio space? Is that like really help you with, uh, with being able to detach from doing things from home?
1: Oh yeah. Uh, I've had it for like the past four years and, um, up until then we were definitely working out of the house, like moving all the furniture in the living room and like doing projects in there or out on the garage. Like, so I'm definitely happy that I have yeah. like a, like a separate space to totally. come
0: to. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anytime you have an ability to sort of detach from your, uh, from your home life. Cause I mean, it's so hard for, you know, we all, we all do it for so long where you, you get so used to uh, having whatever your creative endeavor be in your living room or in your, you know, whatever else. So having that space to sort of detach is uh, it's, it's a, it's a nice little luxury.
1: Oh yeah. It's a game changer. I tell you. <laughs>
0: um so because you sort of have your foot in a in a a couple different creative fields i feel like it'd be fun to sort of bounce around a little bit um you're so you're originally you were born in japan but you're raised in hawaii is that what i read yes yep that is true awesome (laughs) uh when did you actually move to hawaii uh
1: i moved to hawaii when i was maybe about six or seven
0: okay okay do you have any memories of uh, do you have any memories of being a little little kid in japan
1: I do remember I am actually a quarter um, white and I remember being in preschool um, in Japan and everybody in preschool was like jet black hair and here I am with like all, like really light brown hair and I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? I'm different. <laughs> right. um, that was like my kind of like earliest memories I've had when I was like, I remember that moment.
0: Um,
1: and then we moved to my, my parents, my parents. Yeah. yeah, I moved to Hawaii. I think my mom had some like friends that lived in Hawaii. And so she was like, made the move there, but, um, my parents, uh, divorced. And so she was like, I need to get out of here for a while. Sure,
0: Yeah. How was, uh, how was being raised? I mean, it's, it's hard to always to expect a, an answer that is, um, has the experience of like if as if you were raised anywhere else it's always fun to be like how was it like you know what was it like being raised in Hawaii but I mean it is it is obviously such its own place you know like um it's it I've only been one time and, I, and it was like we got to play a show there and it was like really really fun and, and everything like that but like um how was it being raised in Hawaii in the sense of like um maybe finding music and things like that
1: um well you really have to seek it out Um, I'm a kid from the nineties. So like the internet wasn't really like popping off. Like we had dial up and stuff. So it's like, if you wanted to learn about a band, you really had to like do some research or like talk to people like, so, and not very many bands, um, would come through Hawaii like big bands anyway, would come through Hawaii. If they did, they would, it would be like on their way to Japan or something like that. Um, right. But anytime that they did, like, I for sure would, like, go see them and stuff. I remember, like, when Jimmy Eat World came, I was like, I saw them, like, both nights that they came. Like, it was, like, such a big deal if a cool yeah. band came to Hawaii. Oh,
0: but, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you – what What part of Hawaii were you in?
1: Um, I'm from Oahu, and I'm from okay. the North Shore. So it's okay. kind of like a beach, beach town.
0: Sure, sure. Uh When we played, we played at a place called Hawaiian Brian's. Does that sound familiar to you?
1: Yes, that is a spot. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bar. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's a bar in in Honolulu that used to, like, have a lot of shows. It was very much a scene there. Yeah, I remember Hawaiian Um, Brian's.
0: When we were when we were going there, we were laughing that it sounds like a it sounds like it's owned by a person who who had just moved to Hawaii and and it's you know it sounds like I imagine a guy like a in a in like you know generic Hawaiian t shirt or something like that. But it's yeah but totally the name is just perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. Did uh well so I mean one of the things I first asked musicians because I know also you play music as well is uh what was that first thing that you connected with musically that maybe. Felt like it was yours. Maybe not something that was being played in the house, but something that maybe you discovered on your own.
1: Um, I remember discovering... I was, like, super into, like, emo music. I remember discovering Saves the Day and, like, Get Up Kids and that whole scene. And, like... Yeah. As soon as I... It was just kind of, like... It just evolved. And, like... I remember buying, like, the vinyls. Um... And then, kind of like, no one else knew about them and stuff. And it was like, it felt very like, this is mine. And like, I bought like all the stickers and I put them on my car. Like, it was very much like, this is my shit. Like,
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then I, like- and then I, yeah. And then I would like show all my friends and stuff. And then they'd be like, oh, what is this? Like, oh, brah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: this is emo music. Like, because a lot. I mean, Hawaii is like. I mean, yeah, they listen to a lot of reggae and then also like Sublime. But I mean, I rem. I mean, they they get into it though. I remember seeing like huge boat guys in the pit for Jimmy World. You know, they would What's take Jimmy their slippers. <laughs> they would take their slippers World, like,
0: off. The first yeah.
1: What well, kind of, like, they were, like, a bigger band that, like, came to Hawaii, you know, back in the day. Sure. They would, these huge Hawaiian monks would take their slippers off and put them on their hands and then start, like, skanking in the pit. And I remember, <laughs> like, thinking, wow, this is, like, like, worlds colliding, but they're, like, super down. I was... I don't know. It was kind of a moment where I was like, this is sick.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Was it, uh, were they out there like doing their own headlining shows or was it part of maybe like a radio festival or something?
1: No, it was like their own show. I think. Um, Yeah, they played two nights, um, can't even remember where actually. I I also just remembered because the Strokes played uh, a festival um, last weekend was it last weekend or this weekend? I can't remember.
0: I think it was last weekend. Yeah.
1: Last weekend, um, and I totally forgot that I saw them in Hawaii as well. They came to oh, wow. Hawaii. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, what? Uh, what? What age did you start getting interested in photography? Like, was there was there a certain moment that you remember when you were young that uh, maybe you saw a photo or something in it, and it kind of made you want to take a stab at it?
1: Um. I don't know if I, like, remember seeing images, but I remember, like, because Hawaii is, like, so removed, it felt very, like, from all these bands that I was, like, so into and they would – I was, like, they're never going to come to Hawaii. So all I had were, like, just these photos of them. And so it was, like, the mystique of, like, seeing the photos and being, like, trying to imagine, like, what their shows were like or, like, you know, how they were in person Um, I don't know. I was, like, super into, like, just looking up band photos and, like, just constantly, like, kind of doing that. Um, I was interested in that, like, during high school. I took a bunch of photography classes during high school. um, And then I was (laughs) – I always – I don't know why this is, like, an obsession with me, but, like, I like to take pictures, like, of my food. Hmm. (laughs) Sure. I think that that in Hawaii like in the culture in Hawaii it's very much like a language of love. Food in general it's like okay you come to my house and I feed you. It's like a sign of like gratitude or like showing somebody love. And sure. so I think that there's like a connection there with food. And why I like to, like, photograph food. So I would get made fun of when I was in high school for just, like, taking pictures of my food. Like, my plate of food or, like, my mom cooking or something like that. And that was kind of, like, a thing that, like, kind of catapulted and, like, evolved into, like, taking pictures of other things. But, sure. Like, that's where it started, basically.
0: Okay. Did you – was your first uh, experience, like, having a camera, were you, like, getting it for photo class? Or did you – had you – gotten like a digital camera from uh as like a gift or
1: so I had this I had I think that my mom had like had like this film camera that she had laying around the house and I just kind of picked it up and was like well, let's figure out how to use this and of course like the more you use it the better I got and then I was like to a point where I was like this is actually like really kind of fun like maybe I should just like go further into this direction and see where it leads me. But I do not really think like, of course, when you're in Hawaii, every, like I said, like everything feels like so removed. The whole music scene or whatever that I was in my mind, I was like, that's not a career I can have. So I need to figure out what I want to do with my life because there's no way I can take photos for a living <laughs> or take sure. photos of bands for a living. That was like, yeah. just not something that I was like, thought was possible.
0: Yeah. Do, do you remember the first photo that you took though that maybe you were proud of? <laughs> like something that you you took and you looked at and you're like, this is you know, this is actually really good.
1: Um, I don't know, because I'm like very critical of my work. So I don't <laughs> 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 I think maybe like later on when I moved here, there is a a, a picture that I took of downtown. Just like this moment where I was like walking in downtown and I like captured like this moment where like there's a bus coming by. So there was like a cool, it was like a nighttime shot. And I remember like taking the photo and being like, that felt really like that was like a moment. And then I got it developed and I saw it and I was like, yeah, like I'm really proud of that photo.
0: Oh, that's awesome. did you? uh, (laughs) No, it's fine. When did you end up uh, actually moving, moving to California or did you go anywhere else first?
1: Um, my dad, uh, makes surfboards for a living. So he had a company that was based in Costa Mesa in Orange County. So I would go back and forth like during the summers. Um, so that was kind of like my introduction to California is like Costa Mesa, beach town.
0: Sure. Um,
1: eventually moved to Costa Mesa when my brother went to rehab. Um, and then, um lived in Costa Mesa for I want to say like five or six years met Ryan in Costa Mesa and then eventually like all the friends I made in Costa Mesa started like slowly moving to LA okay. and then made the move to move to LA like about 15 years ago
0: okay awesome
1: yeah, something like that, man
0: uh <laughs> the kids who, kid who plays the kid who plays drums in my band Elliot he uh has been making uh surfboards like no as, like, a, as, like a yeah as like a side hustle kind of a thing um and just looking at how difficult the pro like how just like intense the process is and then um i know he has to go elsewhere for like uh i'm assuming like something that has to do with like the fiberglass sort of like yeah uh, yeah definitely it, which is like yeah. super super toxic and 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 very very gnarly (laughs) yeah yeah huge face mask and all that sort of stuff um so just seeing it through his eyes or like i guess not through his eyes but uh through his you know photos and things like that and him describing it at band practice and stuff like that seems like such a difficult thing so that's awesome your dad did it for so long was it like a his own company or was he doing it with for another company
1: um when he first started, he was working for other companies like Rusty Surfboards, and then he eventually like uh, started doing his own, and it's called JC Hawaii. Okay. Um, he doesn't. He's kind of semi-retired, but he makes surfboards here and there for like some select people. But yeah, he was. I kind of grew up around the shaping room and like the smell of fiberglass.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, were you a big surf person?
1: I was not. So you my weren't. parent, no, no, not at all. Uh, I live in a beach town, and I don't really surf. My brother surfs, so that's <laughs>
0: that's okay. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: <clears throat> I went to a school. My parents were really religious. They're Christian, so mm-hmm. I went to a private school that was maybe like forty-five minutes away, like kind of inland. So yeah. I didn't really have any friends, and they were all like kind of skaters. So I was okay. like hanging out with skaters, not so much surfers. Um but definitely like grew up around the surf industry but wasn't really into surfing. I was okay. like the emo kid. You know, like the emo kid yeah. that like didn't go outside.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I can relate. I can relate. I can <laughs> still relate. Not athletic.
1: Yeah, not <laughs> athletic at all.
0: <laughs> um so then uh when once you, you know, move not necessarily move past like shooting food, but like started maybe taking photos of people. Like when did, what was that change? And was it just, you wanted to start shooting pictures of your friends or, or what was the uh, transition there?
1: I think it was just like more like, you know, yeah, I should take photos of my friends. Yeah. I think that that's how it started is like just taking pictures of like things that were happening around me. So I was always like into like documenting, like whatever, what was around. I was very obsessed with like, once this moment is over, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? I want to remember yeah. this um, type of vibe. So I would just bring my camera everywhere I went and like take photos of like my friends and stuff. But yeah, that's basically how it started. And then I, uh, my brother started doing music and he and I are like really close. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started a band – and when his band was kind of, like, first starting out, like, I just had my camera, so I would just, like, keep taking photos and kind of, like, documenting for myself because I was yeah. like, this is really cool that something really cool is happening to my brother. And also my my friend was also in the band as well. So um, just kind of, like, took pictures of my brother's band, and we didn't really know, like, you know, that they would become, like, a band that's, like, signed or whatever, um, and then I kind of like, was like, people started approaching me when they started, started seeing the photos of my brother's band. And that's how I kind of, it kind of like evolved into kind of a job now. I'm like, I, I'm a photographer now, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at,
1: yeah, I, I wasn't. I not,
0: yeah. Go ahead. I might, I might not have realized is your, just cause I know you work so closely with them. Is your brother in the band Fiddler? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that's your brother's band. How funny! Yeah. Well, that's a my funny on the podcast realization.
1: Yeah, my bro- <laughs> my brothers in the band, and also one of um, my best friends, uh, Brandon, who we run the studio with, yeah. is also in the band.
0: Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Because I mean, obviously, I know you you've worked so closely with them for so long, but that's awesome that like yeah. the the you know career path that you started was shooting your brother's band. That's really cool.
1: Yeah shooting my brother's band, and I was like, this is kind of fun. And then I would just, like, sneak my camera into shows, even though I didn't have a photo pass. I was just, like, looking for ways to, like, sneak it in and, like, keep taking photos. And, like, I just kept doing that for a really long time, just for my own, like, memory or whatever. And then other people started to notice, and they're like, these are actually really cool. And then I uh, approached, like, some online music blog and was like, I'll take photos for free if you let me into the show. <laughs> and that's it's how I kind of started. Yeah, yeah. That's how yeah. I kind of started. And what, then eventually date, uh, but
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I think a fun, a fun question that I've asked uh, a couple of photographers on the show before is what was your uh what was your sneaking camera into the show move? Did you have did you did you come up with a system that worked for you?
1: Okay, for me, it, I had like this big coat that I would wear. Uh, oversized coat, and I would wear my camera like to the side,
0: classic, and kind of
1: behind me, so that they couldn't uh-huh. really see it. And you know, I would just walk in, basically, <laughs> with it on. Either that, it w- or it was like a smaller camera that I would like detach the lens from, and then put the lens in my purse. I mean, this is before. I mean, I was going to like punk shows and like house party shows. Not like crazy, you know, like bigger shows where they have like metal detectors, detectors,
0: and and things like that. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, Then, uh, so what was the first time you? What was the first time you ended up actually getting published in something?
1: Um, I think I can't remember. (laughs) There was a guy that was like doing his own like music blog, and he was kind of semi like a friend of a friend or whatever and he like was like you know if you ever want to take photos like you should like you sh- you should take photos for me and like I'll get you into the shows and get you all the f- access and stuff and I was like okay I can't remember what the name I think it was called like Rolo Grady I don't remember okay. it it doesn't hmm. exist anymore but I think he was okay. trying to like get it going back in the day I did that for a long time and then um eventually moved over to a uh, flood magazine shop oh, okay. for them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Do you, uh, with, when you started actually like, you know, shooting for different publications and things like that, um, is there anything that you, for lack of a better term, like is there anything that you learned about yourself during that process of, of, uh, of like talking to publications and being sent out to shoot different kinds of artists?
1: Um, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, because it was like something that I never went to school for. And it was like a, like, an, you know, like a thing that like, I it was like, all self taught. I watched so many YouTube videos, tutorials, I asked friends, like, it's just like a lot of like trial and error. Um, yeah. So I have, I have like huge imposter syndrome, because I'm like, I never went to art school. I don't know what I'm doing. But I guess yeah. like you know if people keep like hiring you and you're getting work like and that's I mean I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh I think we're far past the the days of of uh you know needing some sort of degree to verify whether you're, you know, good at your art form. I mean, you I feel like your photos speak for themselves, you know.
1: Yeah, I definitely didn't know what I was doing back then. I look at, yeah. I look back at the photos and I'm like, what? What setting is that? Like, I don't even know. But I feel like also I just had like this like just like burning desire to like shoot photos. I wish I still had that. <laughs> I'm a little cynical now. Sure. <laughs> but I just had like this like I, – I don't know. I was like young and just like so thirsty and like I just was like just – I was so about the hustle and like just wanted to shoot photos.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's something magical that can happen from you, you know, not having that, uh, you know, school knowledge where you maybe don't know what setting you put your camera on, but you ended up with some sort of magic because it's just you were trying things.
1: Yeah, exactly. I felt like that happened a lot. And people were like, she knows what she's doing. And I'm like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'm doing.
0: <laughs> I don't were you know. Ever, yeah. Were you ever put into a situation where like, maybe you had like a bit of a crew with you for like a big photo shoot and you were just kind of figuring out as you went.
1: Um, yeah, I had like this photo shoot. Yeah. I was kind of like on a retainer with vice. So vice did like a, like a joint thing with live nation And they were Mm -hmm. trying to do, like, this music blog thing for a while. Um, And I got hired to shoot some pretty big people during that time and shoot a lot of festivals and do portraits, like, at the festivals and stuff. Um, But there was one particular shoot where I was, like, the artist showed up three hours late (laughs) i was like already stressed out <laughs> yeah and then on on top of that i was working with the video crew that just kind of like took over the whole shoot basically and i really had to like fight to get any photos oh, um yeah it was kind of a nightmare experience but i learned a lot from it i learned that i have to be very uh vocal
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's tough To become like assertive in those sort of situations where you're not used to having to be that. And also it's like you're you're there for a specific job that you're expected to do your job. And then all of a sudden you're getting steamrolled by other people because they need to do, you know, what they think is their job and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, those situations are really uncomfortable and sort of catapult you into the middle of things that you didn't necessarily sign up to do.
1: No, not at all. It was like a, I want to say like over 50 people in the crew. And it was like a a giant shoot for like, you know, like a vodka company and stuff. And so it was just kind of like, just very like, I just, I felt like I just got thrown into it without having any information. And I just felt very like, what is, is every shoot like this? I don't know
0: sure but i mean that also like becomes a learning experience too so like if you see something like that starting to happen when you're you know it's like at least you can at least maybe try to get out in front of it or something like that but yeah those situations are awful in the moment for sure
1: yeah it was a huge learning experience i'm glad i did it though because you know yeah now now i know
0: exactly Today's episode is brought to you by Anchorfish Printing. Hey, are you in a band? Do you run a label? Or maybe you just want to make some merch for fun. You should hit up Anchorfish Printing. They've been taking care of bands for over 15 years. I first met the owner, Michael, when my band Touche Amore started, and he was our go-to guy. You can visit what they have to offer over at anchorfishprinting.com. You can hit them up for all your merch needs, whether it's screen printing, embroidery, or maybe you just need some stickers. Mention the first ever podcast and get 10% off your order. It's kind of a fun first question, but like, do you remember the first time that you were hired to shoot somebody that maybe you felt a little like starstruck by and, you know, it was kind of like a, an exciting experience in that way?
1: Absolutely. I shot um, Kim Gordon. And I was just like, my voice was shaking. <laughs> like, I was so nervous. And it was like backstage at a like a festival. And it was like, a lot of like female uh, musicians there as well. It might have been like a like a women's festival. I can't remember. But Bikini Kill also played. But we did like a, Vice did like an interview with Kim Gordon and then I shot some portraits after the interview and she was very like, I don't know, like I was just like so intimidated because she's so fucking cool. I'm like, (laughs) I know like so much about you and you're like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) but I was like very like timid and like, you know, tried to like talk to her while I was taking photos and stuff and she was very like soft spoken and like um, very nice experience. Awesome. How did it turn out? They turned out great. I wish that I had more time and, like, I wasn't freak like, internally, like, freaking out.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, that's – I mean, I, I always feel for anybody in media, you know, when they're basically told, all right, you have, you know, five minutes or you have, you know, ex- you know like, things like that where it's, like – it's it's not, especially i mean I, I think i feel especially worse for photographers in those situations because they also have to like figure out the settings they have to figure out the lighting in that moment like all of that and they're expected to produce something that is supposed to be seen by a lot of people
1: yeah yeah
0: did uh did you end up um ever doing much uh, i mean it looks like uh, when looking at like your site there's a lot of uh uh I, I noticed some like record labels and things like that under your you know like past client list and things like that how uh How did that come your way? And did you end up shooting like album covers and things like that?
1: Um, Yeah, I've shot a few album covers um, where a lot of the times, like I'll just like shoot press photos and then they'll end up a lot of in my experience. I think like during the shoot, they're like, oh, that's a great image for, you know, an album cover. Um, And that ends up being the album cover. But. I think I've had sure. like maybe like one or two that was like specifically for an album cover, but a lot of the times it's like, oh, let's repurpose this photo and for this or that. Yeah, um, and be or flattering. like, yeah, it's cool. Like something that I wasn't even like expecting, or you know, they saw something that I didn't. Yeah, which is cool.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and I know you've gone on tour with bands too um fiddler and but there's been a few other ones correct yeah um what uh what was your first time like going on tour as a photographer
1: um well <clears throat> i think when i first started there wasn't very many girls i didn't were at the time i didn't like see any girls doing it um now in the photo pit it's like really cool to see so many yeah. girls In the photo pit but when I started shooting there was absolutely no girls in the photo pit so it was very unusual and people like look at me weird like what is this girl doing especially when I first started um going on tour they're like I I, like are you like dating one of the members like everybody's just like confused because it was like not a thing um yeah so um i don't know it it was it was fun chaotic i have i'm sober now but i was really
0: <laughs> really yeah.
1: fucked up when i was touring like okay. yeah so i don't remember a whole lot but i know that i had a lot of fun and <laughs> i look back on the photos and i'm like damn like that was really fun but like I'm glad I got sober.
0: (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, How, like, were you touring often? Like, did you go on a bunch of tours or was it like uh, Um, just every now and again?
1: So I did one tour that was like 10 weeks long. When I first signed up on to it, it was like five weeks. And then while we were on the tour of the five-week tour, they just kept adding dates, adding dates. And I was like, I'm fucking stuck. 10 weeks. of my life Um, because you know I've always gone on like little like two week tours 10 days maybe 14 days maximum and I really wanted for myself it was like important for me to be like okay I want to document a band from start to finish of a tour like that's my goal that's what I want to do so I committed to it and so I did 10 weeks it was a struggle yeah. Ryan not almost got divorced.
0: <laughs> I mean, 10 weeks can break anybody. That is such a long tour. That is an ungodly amount of touring.
1: Yeah, and the band that I was on tour with were, were very young. Uh okay. they were like er- early 20s, and I was just I was I felt like I was mom. They're great, yeah. but but um and it was such a fun tour. But yeah, I wish it wasn't 10 weeks long. <laughs>
0: Was it 10 weeks just in the United States?
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Oh, fuck. Yeah.
1: yeah. It was a band that was just starting out. So they were like really going for it, you know? And I'm yeah. like, cool. When you're in your yeah. early 20s, that's like so chill. Early 20s and single, that's so chill to do. But I was like late 30s doing this. And so I was yeah. like, this is, I, this is for younger people, not for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no that's tough <laughs> that is uh I you know there's a few bands right now that um like there's a band called scowl i, I don't know if you've heard of that band scowl, oh yeah but yeah like, yeah um <clears throat> they i'm so amped on them because they're the first band that i've seen in a really long time that have been grinding that hard where like we took them out in the spring and they had already been out for like three weeks or something and then um we ended up seeing them in europe like a month and a half later and they still hadn't gone home and then they went it was just like they went from they did like a limp biscuit tour which was insane that they got hopped on that that
1: that that looks sick
0: yeah so like they just and uh i caught up with them in la just a couple weeks ago and hanging out with them there i was just i was like i i just kept saying i'm like i know that a lot of this is like really tough, but like you're never going to not talk about this experience like the rest of your life. You know, like this is going to be yeah. the thing that you you, you for as a band will always talk about these three months of your life. Like there's no way you won't, you know. Yeah.
1: I feel like also like you really get to know somebody.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> In that amount of time. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's you like- learn a lot about
0: yourself, too.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. you're like, well, maybe I'm not a touring photographer. I mean, I was trying to pursue it for a really long time, and then I did that ten, ten week tour and I was like,, uh, maybe I'm a little bit too old to be doing this. And um the I mean, for me, my priority was like i I don't want to lose Ryan, and yeah. I want to prioritize my marriage. <laughs> and and get that back on track like i i that's, he's my best friend and my creative sure. partner so it's like i don't yeah. want to lose that and so i was like i this is not something that's meant for me
0: sure and i'll go on like I, I, two
1: week tours three week tours that's cool but like not 10 weeks yeah
0: yeah 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 <laughs> um and then uh, that's like actually a really good transition because, uh, you know, you and, you and your husband Ryan work together on music videos and things like that. Um, when did that relationship actually start? And when did you like when did you two start working on music videos together?
1: Uh, we started working on music videos together when um, Fiddler was just starting out and they had no budget to do anything. And Ryan's just like a really creative person in the way he thinks. Um. And he would just, like, come up with these ideas, um, and the band was, like, down for them. And so I would just be around to, like, help in in a, any way I could. And it kind of, like, evolved. Um, but I think, like, the defining moment for both Ryan and I and also with Brandon uh, was when we did um, for the 40-ounce video for Fiddler, and we – Basically, I don't know if you saw the video, but we recreated a bunch of 90s music videos using like sets made out of cardboard. So we we replicated, we replicated like giant budget music videos in a DIY way. Yeah. Um, (laughs)
0: And
1: it was like the best experience of my life. We rented like this giant warehouse that our friend had and we just like, built stuff for, like, a week straight, and it was, like, the best time of our lives, and we basically were like, I just don't want this to end. I want to keep this going, and we eventually made uh, our studio – or got our studio, and then, um, I don't know, just started k- kind of getting hired for other things outside of the band, Um
0: mm-hmm. What uh? Just out of curiosity, because I, I I can't think of that video off the top of my head. What are some of the music videos that you that you like re- replicated?
1: Uh we replicated Missy Elliott. Um, we replicated um, Good Riddance by Green Day. We replicated Weezer. We replicated Corn. Um, oh my um, god! <laughs> Soundgarden. <laughs>
0: wow. Um, and those. I mean, if. if- If it's the music videos also that I'm thinking of, like, yeah, doing that with no budget and, like, a DIY version of it, that's incredibly difficult and creative.
1: Yeah. I don't know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we're able to just, like, come up with creative ideas to, like, get around the budget. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think that was, like,
1: the most fun but, like, challenging part of, like, making stuff in the early days was, like, how can we make this, like, the coolest way we can with just, like, duct tape cardboard you know what I mean right like, like things that we just had laying around um sure it's just super fun
0: yeah uh and I'm sure every any record label that approached you after that the exciting part was like look what they could do with no budget because yeah because record labels never want to really... we hate that yeah. uh-huh. but I uh-huh. mean
1: <laughs> we I mean I feel like we worked you know, on videos for a long time now that they have are able to, like, give us a little bit more and a little bit more. And now we're kind of in a bracket where it's, like, it's... I don't know. I feel like there's such a huge gap. It, it goes from, like, like we only have, like, three grand for this music video. Or, or you talk to somebody else and they're, like, we have, like, $50,000 for our music video. Or you yeah. know like or you're like fucking billy eilish and have like millions of dollars to use on a sure. music video. like the gap is like so big it's like
0: and also just yeah i was just saying I, like I, I mean i mean throughout the years that like even to even to have <laughs> be told like yeah we can give you twenty five hundred dollars for a music video is like still shocking where it's like wow that much huh you're gonna you know like it it it, it seems like low priority these days which is unfortunate, like, at least in our yeah. ex- in experience. But I'm I'm happy yeah. to hear that there is some clients that you've had that are that do have budgets that that uh, that big. That's that's probably it makes your lives a lot easier.
1: Yeah, it does. But um, I mean, those those are rare. Those are rare. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: no,
1: <laughs> Especially but, uh, now after the pandemic, it's like even worse. Now it's like getting any kind of budget is like pulling teeth. It's it's very much like oh, you know, the pandemic. Like we can't.
0: Of course. Yeah. It's, you it's, the, it's the excuse. It's the end all excuse. But um, I mean, it's tough, too, because with the uh, with like MTV, obviously not being a music video source for like, what, 20 years now or something like that. Um, and having, you know, for a while it was like, oh, you know, it's only on YouTube. It's only on YouTube. But it's like these days, it's like everybody's on their phone anyway. So it's like that's actually good. You know, it's like yeah. for a while I feel like it was maybe used as an excuse to like. Not put a lot of resources into wanting to do music videos, but now it's like there's no excuse for that because everybody's holding their phone at all times. It's like it, that should be exactly yeah. where the resources are going.
1: Well, now it's like we're gonna give you the same budget, but we would like TikTok videos, uh vertical oh, videos for story.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: there's like so many other like for social medias, like they're you're expected to, I don't know, like create all this content but they're also like not willing to pay for it and you're like totally i don't know it's i'm like in a place where i'm like i'm on social media because i feel like i need to be or have to Mm -hmm. be because i've gotten work through it but it's i don't know it's it i i'm constantly like battling like maybe i should like post this or maybe I should like make videos or or like that and then my friends are all just like no you're not an influencer you're an artist like don't get wrapped up in that shit and I was like oh okay yeah you're right but it's so easy Mm -hmm. to like be expected to be an influencer On awful. top of being a, a fucking artist, like not only do musicians have to write the music, they have to produce it and also create all the content. It's,
0: it's like,
1: what, it's insane. Yeah.
0: It's it's really, really defeating. Uh, almost just about every day where it's like, uh, not, it's, uh, you know, at the beginning of this conversation, you and I were talking about, you know, being like introverted kids who weren't going outside and stuff like that. It's like, that's, you know, not to... Uh, uh not to pigeonhole artists or whatever but a lot of us are in the more introverted type of mindset and these days to get our art seen by anybody it's like you're expected to make reels and talk into your phone and be funny and do dances and like all sorts of shit where it's just like but then it, when you just randomly post, yeah. yeah and then what if you just post one of your photos and just like maybe say something about the photo you look at you know, the engagement, which is a terrible fucking word that I hate. But you look at yeah, it like, too. oh, look, 200 people saw this out of like, yeah. the, you know, it's it's it can be so defeating. It can be so un- unbelievably defeating. Um, so I'm with you. There's times where I'm like, I would love to just delete all of this off my phone and then, you know, go try to play music with my friends. And remember, that's all I really was supposed to ever do. You know,
1: I just feel like I, I don't like the fact that it puts value on people like it's like I don't like the fact that like somebody else is like more valued more if they have more followers and it's like why don't you just like I don't know is that part like really bothers me because then it just like we end up like just comparing ourselves to other people and that gets like you get into this like freaking like dark hole where you're like I'm not good enough and I already think that I'm not good enough so it's like on top of that I'm like I got to get off my phone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 1000%. Like, and it's, and it's, it's a double-edged sword because people like you and I and, and tons of other, you know, artists, creative types, like we need it because it's the only way that we can really advertise that we're still doing it, you know? Exactly. Like it's,
1: exactly. Or to make money, money sort of,
0: you know, to like, you know, you have to sell something or if you have to, whatever, it's like, it's. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's handcuffs in a lot of ways where you're just like, fuck, like, it's, and it's, it's not also, good for anyone's yeah. mental health at all. No,
1: no, not good for the mental health. But also, I will say, like, I have seen it, like, help a band as well. It's like, sure. you know, it, it goes the opposite way where it's like, there's not very many ticket sales. And then you post a bunch of, like, cool, like, photos of you playing the last show and people are like. Oh, extreme FOMO, so they're gonna buy tickets for the next show. It's like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I have conflicting, conflicting uh, feelings about social media because I also really like that it helps helps bands or helps. Yeah, it's if you
0: get if you uh, if you post the right thing at the right time, and then the algorithm decides to let you uh, to let it let your followers see it. Algorithm. uh, it can be goddamn so goddamn helpful. algorithm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hate that word.
0: Uh, and my the God, algorithm changes
1: it. every two seconds, so you just never know. Uh-huh. It's like, post real. Okay, you post the real. Oh, no. It's going back to like, like you got to do like a minute long videos. Okay, okay. And then you're like, okay, uh, you, you got to do photos, but you got to do like a carousel photo, like where it's oh like God. five photos. It's just like, you do all the things that you're supposed to do and then you're like, wait, I just want to take photos. Like, wait, I uh-huh. forgot about my actual job.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and if you dare, if you dare say the word Lincoln bio, it's over. It's, <laughs> it's, it's going away. You know what's going to say? Yeah. 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 But, uh, well, I can hit you with, uh, this Has really, been, this has really been awesome. I, I, uh, again, I really appreciate your time. I'll hit you with the last question, which is, uh, what was the first time that you felt like you were doing the thing you'd been working so hard towards?
1: Um, I would say, so I'm a huge fan of the flaming lips and the first time, few times that we saw the flaming lips, we were close enough to the stage where we could see, um, a lot of, the, like, their stage stuff and props and stuff. And we saw people, like, walking up on – like, their crew, like, walking up on stage and, like, duct taping stuff. And, like, we were just, like, very – my Ryan and I and also Brandon were very, like, inspired by them that they were, like, a bigger band, but they still had, like, a very DIY, like, vibe to them. Like, they still do all their shit themselves, like um, – I don't know and they're just like kind of an arty band as well you know so seeing them live like really inspired us um for many years and we were always just like that's what that's what we want to be or like that's that's the goal and then fast forward like years later and Wayne Coyne is in my studio uh with Fred Armisen <laughs> shooting something um i was just like sitting there like what this is like come full circle for me like where i was like this is you know for so many years we've kept our head down and just like kept working kept working kept working kept working and then we finally have this space and like even when we got the space we we're just kind of like kept working kept working and that was like the first time like i finally was like oh my god like the thing that we were like so like inspired by is like renting our studio like (laughs) you know it just felt very like oh wow like we're we're here like we've made it like we are doing the thing that we wanted for so long but it's it's you know like there's so many creative people here and i guess like you get so distracted by what everybody else is doing and it's like you know like this This, like, vibe of, like, you're not doing enough. Um, I feel like that has kind of, like, seeped into my psyche or whatever um, sometimes. So I feel like that was, like, the first moment where I was, like, oh, wait. Wait a minute. This is cool. Like, what we're doing is cool. This is – I got my own place and then – the guy that's in the band that we were so inspired by is like filming something at my studio. Like, this is insane. Like, this is like some, like, you know? Yeah. So I felt very like, you know, this humble thing that we, (laughs) we started off with has become like a, like, wow, this is like an actual thing that we can do. And like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really cool.
0: I mean it's uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people are gonna hear that and and you know, relate to things you were saying where it's it's so easy to um get sort of almost blinded by uh cool things happening or or um any sort of achievement that you might be making because you are so focused on on um maybe the other hustle. people's work or, or the hustle and like all of those sorts of things. So it's like so important to when those moments happen to really take a breath and take it in and be like no this is awesome and this is happening and this is what our hard work has got us to you know
1: yeah yeah that was like the moment where i was like oh wait wait a minute we're cool man we're cool (laughs) i don't know why i'm like so like so stressed out like i need to get to the next level we wanted to get to the next you know what i mean like i mean like yes because i'm always just trying to get better and better and like I mean, right now I feel very old and I need to, I'm like trying to like keep up with this whole like TikTok thing. Like, and also like, I just want to like, I know it's like silly, but like at the same time, I'm like curious about it. And I'm like, how does this thing work? Like, like, okay. So you like learning all the transitions and stuff. I feel so old doing this because it's so easy for the younger kids to just like innately do. And I'm like learning how to do it. But at the same time, I'm like. Um, no, th- this is cool. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Maybe it's not something that you know, you know, I'll fully dive into. But at least I know kind of like my way around.
0: I I downloaded it for uh for our, right before our headlining tour earlier this year, and the things that were taking me probably like an hour to even slightly figure out, I'm like, I know that there's some like 14 year old that would just be. Schooling me on all of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
1: um, it's like you edit within the app, and it's like it's it's crazy.
0: It really it's is. It's really it wild. It truly, truly is. Alice, this is awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Seriously. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me <laughs>
0: And that is our show. Thank you so much to Alice for coming on and thank you for listening. Reminder, there's a bonus episode available right now. If you head on over to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon where Alice answered questions that were submitted by subscribers. And hey, if you have not subscribed to the show on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is you're listening to this, please do so. Leaving a positive rating and review helps us so much and uh, it just means a lot. It's, uh, It's helpful. It's kind. All right. Take care of yourself. Happy holidays. Be good. Bye-bye.